0: Here we go. Welcome back, accumulators and decumulators. This is the Functional Retirement Podcast, where we get technical about your wealth, philosophical about your purpose, and inspirational about your fitness. I'm your host, Thatcher Taylor, and today we're talking about helping you feel confident about spending when you've been a tightwad your whole life. And yes, tightwad is a scientific term, and I'm going to prove it to you, but we're going to discuss that later. We're going to discuss tightwads, spendthrifts, maximizers, and satisficers, and how you need to approach being comfortable, finally spending your wealth. I'm hearing this more and more often, Thatcher, I have this money, but I don't want to spend it. I'm scared to run out of it. I'm scared of the market. I'm scared of this. I'm scared of that. We're going to discuss a little bit of that today, but we're going to keep it more scientific actually, because those terms that I use, tight wads, spend maximizers, satisficers, those all come from previous research. No, this isn't original, but I think it's important to share this stuff with you, the listener. So in a previous episode of the podcast, I had Roger Whitney on. He's the retirement answer man. He believes that there are a couple of retirement crises right now. The first one is not having enough and only getting social security and fixed income to live on. And you're basically month to month in retirement and it's a struggle. It's a really difficult experience to go through. And the second, which is basically on the other end of the spectrum, is people have accumulated way too much and they get to enjoy it. Both of these elements have had research done. In showing that there are different types of people that will fall into these different categories, that these are the outcomes. Not having enough and only getting Social Security or maybe some Social Security or very little assets through retirement is an outcome. Having way too much and not getting to enjoy it is an outcome of your experiences throughout your life. Now, before we continue, I know this is income and asset dependent. This is retirement. There's got to be some income. And there's got to be some assets. A lot of what we're going to discuss is going to leave you saying, well, this isn't me and I don't have enough money for this. Well, you never know. And I'm going to give you a quick example later on. But today specifically, we're going to focus on the idea that you have enough, like you get to the point where you have enough or feeling like you don't do or don't have enough maybe as well. And you just don't want to lose it. Or you've gotten to the point where behaviorally, you just don't have the ability to spend it. That's the type of person we're focusing on today. Even if you're not this person, this is still going to be extremely valuable because we're going to talk a lot about science and behaviors. If you need some low-hanging fruit, some actual items that you can start working on right now, I have two things that are going to be able to help you. They're both going to be linked below. One is a guide to worry-free retirement income. This talks about withdrawal strategies, social securities, investing, and a whole bunch more. And it's going to talk about, it's going to apply to what we're talking about today. And then there's also a workbook that I have that has six questions to answer to develop your retirement vision, which is going to apply what we're talking about today. Both are going to help hammer home this discussion. So thanks again for listening. Let's continue on to the mentality. So, I worked at Vanguard in the ultra high net worth department for almost five years. So that basically means for half the time I was there, it was, there was a client that did not have less than a million dollars invested in Vanguard assets. And that started in 2015. And then half the time I was there, it was no less than $5 million invested in Vanguard assets. So they were all millionaires. They were ultra high net worth. Then in 2019, I started ProPath financial, the firm that I do financial planning at now. Being at Vanguard was an eye-opening experience because honestly, I didn't realize how many millionaires there actually were. Now, you know that there are a lot of millionaires, but when there's like 100 representatives like you and they all have 300 to 1,000 households that all have no less than a million or $5 million, you really start to get the spectrum. And that's just at Vanguard. That doesn't count Fidelity. That doesn't count Schwab, JP Morgan, or any of the rest. So you really get to know Or understand that there's a lot of people that have a lot of money. And I got to see it finally firsthand. I got to see how the sauce was made. I also got to see how they built that wealth. And the majority of them were this. They had very high incomes and they spent very little. Or they had moderately high incomes and they spent very little. And they accumulated This led to accumulation of assets that were sitting there and growing in index funds and ETFs, which led to millions of invested assets. Because think about this. You could have $900,000. The market could, say, return 18% like it did this year. Overnight, you could be a millionaire. So you never know what could happen along the way with the investments. But if you continue to add to them, they're going to grow. It's really not rocket science. Save more, spend less. But this behavior of accumulation carried over. They were tight watts. But do tight wads make the best decisions? Is being a maximal level tight wad the best thing for your life and your goals? Is it really the best decision that you can look back over your life like, I really enjoyed this? Or were you just a little too tight? We're gonna discuss this and shocker, the research has already been done. And like I mentioned before, tight wads, it's an actual term. So, what I'm gonna do is I'm actually gonna share my screen about tight wads in a second, but I'm first going to share it about maximizers and satisficers, which again, it's funny. They're somewhat scientific terms. What we want to talk about is we want to talk about the idea that there are multiple different types of people on how they function and operate in the money world. And it could be based on their life's experiences where, They noticed a family member doing something ridiculous and they're like, I don't ever want to do that ridiculous thing ever again. Okay. We're going to come back to tight wads here in just a second, but I think it's important to talk about maximizers and satisficers. This is based on some really high quality research that discusses how to make decisions because all of this in retirement spending on being able to spend your money comes down to decisions and most of the time we want to evaluate them differently based on the type of person we are now a maximizer tasks themselves with making the most informed intelligent decisions and this article i'm going to link below as well is from psycho- psychologist world excuse me we might expect that the outcome of a maximizer approach would be superior and have more satisfying decisions. Yet this assumption has been contradicted by numerous studies, which have found that maximizers are often less effective in decision making environments and suffer under the pressure of high self expectations. Setting unachievable goals for ourselves may itself impede our ultimate goal when making decisions or making a choice that we're satisfied with. An example, you have millions of dollars, you are retired, you are struggling to spend it because you're trying to maximize that wealth, wealth, but you're not satisfied with that. You have concern about spending, you're not comfortable with that. When I'm trying to get you more comfortable with maybe enjoying your life and spending. Or on the other side of the aisle, there are satisficers. Presented with a decision to make, they will consider what they want to gain or preserve from a situation, then evaluate their options to find the solution that meets their requirements. Maximizers will subsequently pursue the, option, pursue the option that will provide them with the maximum benefit or highest utility. Satisficers are basically going to do what they think is just going to meet their requirements. Like, for example, I'm going to accumulate in retirement, but I want to go on this trip or I want to buy this thing. So they're willing to sacrifice potential growth and assets to be able to distribute extra money to spend it and enjoy their life and feel more satisfaction. These are the two ends of the spectrum. These are the two different types of people that need to be evaluated. Are you a maximizer or are you a satisficer or are you somewhere in between? I think the problem of not being able to spend your wealth comes from a maximizer mentality. They get concerned about potentially spending down what they have accumulated and actually not seeing their account value go up can upset them, can leave them feeling unsatisfied where it might be okay for your long-term vision of retirement to not see the account value increase for a year to be able to use some of those assets to live the life That you want? This is a very difficult question to kind of work through. This is one difficult scenario as you get to retirement. Who's going to do what? How are you going to spend? What's going to happen next? Do you want your assets to grow? Do you not want them depleted? Do you want to leave a bunch of money to heirs? Do you not? It's very difficult. And you need to balance that with can I spend enough? I want to go on this trip. I want to buy these things. I want that second house. I want to live on the lake. I want to live in the mountains. There's a variety of things that come into play and I want you to be able to unlock that potential. This is a perfect transition into tight wads or spend thrifts. So I'm going to, if you're watching this on YouTube, most of you are listening to this, but if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm doing screen shares and showing you these articles at the same time. If you want to go check this out on YouTube, you can, if not, I'm going to link these articles below and let's go to this one first. This one is the one I think is phenomenal. This is from University of Pennsylvania, Wharton School of Business. This is originally written from the Wharton staff that came up with the tightwad and spend thrift mentality. So the first question before we dive into this, how can I convince a person to be more of a spendthrift when they've always been a tightwad? Tightwads most likely are going to accumulate more wealth than a spend thrift. A tight wad is going to be far more tight with their income and they're going to accumulate it and save it. Whereas a spend thrift is going to be a little bit more open to spending. So how do I change a person that's been a tight wad their whole life? They've embedded that behavior. How do I change them into being able to spend what they've accumulated and really enjoy that life? I'm going to actually give you the answer first. The only true way That the transition of that would be easy is if the person had already set the expectation and defined the purpose. I'm gonna spend zero time spending money from 22 to 55, and I'm gonna accumulate as much as possible. And then from 55 to death, I'm gonna spend as much as possible. So they created that expectation. I'm gonna accumulate, I'm gonna cut my spending, I'm gonna build as much as I can. And then I'm going to spend it. Unless you have that mentality, it might be difficult to change. So that's the answer. If we could just have everyone think that way, it would be phenomenal. I meet people like this, but very few. More often than not, I meet people, especially at Vanguard, that are tight wads and that will always be a tight wad. It's embedded in their behavior. So I would like those people to just a little bit transition to a spend thrift. First thing is Warner U Penn wrote this article and they quoted men are bigger tightwads than women. Younger people are more likely to be spend thrifts than older people. And the more educated person is the more likely he or she is to be a tightwad. So obviously those are stereotypes. There's a lot of wiggle room in there. But there's an actual scale to spend thrifts in tight wads. Scott Rick, Cynthia Kreider, and George Lowenstein at Carnegie Mellon, they actually developed the spend thrift tight wad scale that measures individual differences in the pain of pain. So I'm going to call it the STTW scale. I know this scale is more for like the regular consumer spending. But how does it apply to retirement? Like I mentioned before, it's a behavior that would be built that would carry over. It'd be hard to flip the switch right away. So a common element of a tightwad is that it hurts to spend. You feel like the spending is moving you away from your goals. Whatever that goal may be, maybe it's a personal experience. Maybe you've seen bad money management in your life. and You don't want that to happen to you. I get it. But having the optimal retirement means that you have that freedom. The freedom to spend what you want, when you want, and how you want. A lot of that comes with planning and building confidence in being able to spend. Retirement should be an unlocking of your spending. Within reason, of course. You can't just go spend it all in the first year. But within reason, you'll have the ability to live your happiest years, not relegated to basic houses day after day or assisted living or a really unusual experience that makes your retirement something that you dread. I'm going to link again this article in the show notes so you can take a look at it. But it's important to really start to evaluate what you want to do in this vision. So we're going to transition on to how to save. So we just discussed tightwads and spendthrifts and maximizers of satisfizers. Comment below which one you are or which one you would like to be. Remember, they're both spectrums. Tell me which one, are, which spot you are or where you are on the spectrum. Also, while you're there, please leave a review so I can reach more people like you and motivate them for the retirement journey. The podcast is really growing and those reviews matter. So we sort of discussed how tight and maximizers are probably going to have more assets than spendthrifts and satisficers. Statistically and through the research, that's how it's going to end up. And this is because a lot of money they earn will be saved or invested over time. It will not be consumed in consumer goods as much. This allows assets to accumulate and have more for retirement. So how to save literally comes down to what you want your vision to be. If you really want to have a lot of assets and complete freedom, you may need to spend more. If you don't have that vision, which I would hope that you would have a little bit of that vision, you're going to start spending more. You're going to live more in the now and you're going to have a little bit less later. So you need to find that balance of enjoying time now, but still accumulating behind the scenes for future goals and needs. So I've been talking about those who have accumulated. And trying to convince them to spend, that's who I've been talking about predominantly today. But the ones that have not accumulated enough or you're in that position where you're concerned about your accumulation. All you need to do is maybe start to move your dial from being a little bit more spending oriented, a little more of a spendthrift to be more of a maximizer and being more of a tight watch, just a little bit. It's going to add a substantial amount of value to be a little bit more pragmatic because a lot of this retirement is numbers. Goals and vision are important, but you got to have those numbers in place or you're going to be on part one of retirement crisis where you're just going to be on fixed income and you're not going to have enough. So here's an example. I have a client each year between social security and rental income, they get $39,000 a year of income and their annual expenses are $36,000. So just from their fixed income, rental income and their social security, they have more coming in than what they need to spend just bare bones on their home doctor's visits, a little bit of vacation and food and utilities. Their liquid assets total about $700,000 and all the physical assets, including real estate, bring it close to 2 million bucks. This is a really unique scenario because low income, low expenses, but a lot of assets. One of their big concerns is their fear to spend those assets. Now, the first thing is a lot of their assets are illiquid. They're in real estate. So it's tough to just immediately liquidate. But they do have $700,000 of liquid assets. And they're scared to spend it. They're scared that they're going to run out of enough. They're going to run out of money and they're not going to have enough. They're very much tight wads and maximizers. So it's important for me as the advisor to show them how $700,000 and a particular investment style that's going to potentially achieve a certain rate of return, regardless of volatility, can deliver them a little bit more than $39,000 a year. Let's just say it's 5% or an additional $35,000 a year. They could really increase their lifestyle with $35,000 a year, and depending on their age, they're in their late 60s, Depending on their age, they could really make this money last throughout retirement. If we had to liquidate real estate, we could. But if we don't have to liquidate real estate, maybe we could turn that additional real estate into income and help supplement some of that and let the portfolio grow. You can cultivate high-quality investment strategies that support the vision to be able to spend a little bit more in retirement comfortably. Now, I know people are like, 5%. The basic rule is 4%. I usually don't use the 4% rule. I don't think that's realistic. There are more dynamic income distribution strategies that could get a person closer to 5% or more in retirement of their assets to be able to spend. So these little tweaks, the investment strategy, the goals, the vision, what are they going to use that money for and how much we can distribute on an annual basis and how long that will last. They're in their late 60s, depending on their health, an additional 30 years. Could be plausible to distribute a certain amount of money for a long period of time. This is where we get more into the nuts and bolts about the vision and giving confidence to these clients about being able to spend more. Because $36,000 $36, a year, bare bones expenses is not enough. What if we could bump that up an additional 20 grand a year, additional 2,000 bucks a month for these people? That could be life changing through retirement. So earlier I asked this question. To close this out, I asked, but do tightwads make the best decisions? Is being a maximal level tightwad and accumulating so much the best decision? Using the previous example that we had here, clients with $39,000 of income, $36,000 of expenses, and about $2.7 million of total assets, them being such a tightwad, is that the best decision? Are they really optimizing retirement? Because at this pace not wanting to spend money, being excessively concerned about what to do next, that money is just passing to heirs. Unless that goal is of the utmost importance to you, where you're going to pass that money to heir, your heirs, unless that's the most important thing, you might want to consider not leaving too much behind. Is being a maximizer the best decision? To accumulate the assets, yeah, it was. To distribute the assets, no, it's not. I think to close this out, we can think about this in two ways. To accumulate assets, being a maximizer and a tightwad is the best version for you. Being a decumulator, assuming you were a tightwad and a maximizer along the way, to decumulate being a little bit of a spendthrift, a little more of a spendthrift and being a satisficer could be a little bit better. Now again, in these spectrums, I'm not talking about going from one end to the other end like a rocking boat in stormy seas. I'm talking about finding that ballast, the balance. Just moving in the ballast a little bit of water to the other side of the boat to just kind of center it a little bit more. You ever seen that how a ballast in a boat when it gets really bumpy on the sea, they'll have these ballasts that'll pump water to different parts of the ship to balance the boat out so it doesn't rock as much. That's what we want to do on your scale as you move through these different types of individuals. Because are you missing travel experiences, the lake house that you were scared to buy, that mountain home, the money spent on a new hobby what about the trips to see family and grandkids? What experiences are you missing because you're being too much of a tightwad when you need to be a little bit more of a spendthrift, Your attachment to being a tightwad or maximizer mentality may have life passing you by. This is the importance of goals and a vision than financial planning. The idea of showing you how you can spend safely to have enough to last your lifetime and still be able to hold on to your success and enjoy yourself a little bit. Then the assets will support that plan. Once you start sitting down and creating the vision of what's important to you, you're going to have less regret about spending. It's not going to be as difficult. And you can start to enjoy it. You won't let as much life pass you by. So start to prepare now. Start to sit down and look through this. And it could be the best decision you make for your retirement. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to contact me below. If you're on YouTube, hit me in the comments. If you're on any of the streaming apps, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, please leave a review and my emails below if you want to send me any direct questions that I may turn in to a podcast in the future. I hope you enjoyed. Thanks for watching or listening and we'll see you next time.